0: Looking out, I see how few people here wear glasses and I feel bad for you because it's great wearing glasses. You get to go on retreat like I did with the men and be out in sub-zero temperatures and then come inside and then everything fogs up. I mean, it's not just like a little bit, it's like you're walking around like this because you can't see anything up here and you don't get to have that experience and I'm, I'm sad for you for that reason um, if you don't wear glasses. Let me tell you the story about how I got these glasses. You ready? In fourth grade, I failed a school eye exam, and that's how I got these glasses. <laughs> that's it. Good talk, okay? Take that lesson. Build your life on it. No, so this is what happened. In fourth grade, you know, took the test, you know, the school nurse is running the thing, and you the line, and then you look, and, and I failed the exam. I mean, I failed it. And she's like, you're going to need glasses. And I was devastated. And I prayed super hard that night. Like the hardest I'd ever prayed in my life that God, who could, you know, cure the blind, would heal me. And so I wouldn't need to wear glasses because I didn't want to look like a dork. All right. And God answered my prayer. No. He said no. That's an answer, by the way. So when you're like, God didn't answer my prayer, usually it's like, yeah, he did, actually. He said no. (laughs) (laughs) So he said no. So now I got glasses. But I remember this. When I finally got the glasses, had to go through the tests and everything, and then when I finally got the glasses, I could not believe what a difference they made. I couldn't believe it. It was absolutely amazing. Like the world was so clear and, and, and vibrant. The two things I remember most are the chalkboard. Raise your hand if you even know what a chalkboard is, right? Those of you, you're getting too young. We have these dry erase markers, everything. It was one of the great joys of Catholic school was the chalkboard because the, the erasers got all dusty and then the teacher would be like, go clean the erasers, right? So you'd go outside with your buddies and you're supposed to clap them together, right? And all that stuff. No, you'd chase each other and like, try to smack each other with. And it was great. It was awesome. It was so much fun. All right. So I remember the chalkboard and like actually being able to read was on the board. That was amazing to me, right? And then the other thing I remember was the leaves because I got glasses right, right you know, late spring, early summer. And um, I was like, wow, there, I see so many leaves. <laughs> Whereas before it was just a blur of green, right? So I remember that. But, but here's. Okay, so here's what I was thinking about that. Looking back, I'm amazed at one, how bad my eyes were, and two, how normal I thought that was. Because it didn't just wake up one day and go from like 20-20 vision to really bad eyes. It happened gradually over time So I was amazed at how bad my eyes had gotten until there had been an intervention and two, how normal I thought bad vision was. And that's why it applies so beautifully to the spiritual life. We all need corrective lenses for our spiritual vision. We all do. Because sin distorts how we see things. So that's why the first thing we do when we start Mass as we acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God, to you my brothers and sisters, I've greatly sinned. I don't see things clearly. And so I acknowledge my need for corrective lenses. The Beatitudes that we heard in the gospel tonight, eight of them, they're the correctives that help us see rightly. There's eight of them. And again, if you don't have glasses, you don't know this experience, but everyone else who goes to get their eyes checked gets this experience. Optometrist puts the machine down and you're looking through and then he goes, better here or better here, right? And the lenses flip. And, And sometimes it's really obvious, right? And you're like, second. And then better here or better here, right? And the thing clicks a little bit and then, flips and you're like I have no idea like and then you're like first no second can we do this all again right and all of that happens right and and so if you've gone through that process and I talked to a guy who he's like there are so many redundancies in that that if you screw one up it's still gonna work and it's all fine right so but but these eight beatitudes are the way in which God can fix our vision. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. Okay? So that we see things rightly the way God wants us to see them. I'll just focus on one though. One essential one. Blessed are the clean of heart. Or I'll use this translation. Blessed are the pure of heart. For they shall see God. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Let's take the second part first. Seeing God. St. Irenaeus, second century saint, one of the doctors of the church, he has the famous phrase that people only usually quote the first part of. The glory of God is man fully alive. Right? The glory of God is a human person fully alive. Everyone quotes that part. But the second part of that phrase is really important because the fullness is this, the glory of God is man fully alive, and the life of man is the vision of God. To see God, to see him is our life. When we die and we hopefully make it to our blessed home in heaven, we will be enjoying the beatific vision To see God, and that will be our life. To see God allows us to live, to experience him who is the way, the truth, and the life. So when we see God, we become alive because God is the source of life. That's why sin has to be addressed, brothers and sisters. Because sin distorts our vision or could even blind us so that we no longer see God. And then when we no longer see God, we'll chase after things that are not God. And we'll try to satisfy that longing for God with things that could never possibly satisfy that longing. So God wants to heal our sight so that we can see him and in seeing him live. The first part, blessed are the pure of heart. They shall see God. Please don't think of purity as in just one area of your life, one specific area. In fact, a good translation for this word pure or clean is this Blessed are the single hearted. The single hearted. To have one heart. One heart moving in one direction, centered on one reality. That's what we're called to. The problem is our hearts are so divided. And that, my friends, is a result of sin. In the same way that sin distorts our vision so we can't see God rightly or maybe not even see him at all, sin divides our hearts. Church fathers, first generation after the apostles, they were fond of a phrase, ubi divisio ibi peccatum," Where there is division, There is sin. Our hearts get divided by sin. When sin enters the human heart, we're divided. We're no longer united. And then parts of our hearts fight against each other. And then things in our lives are no longer unified, but they're disconnected. So I could be doing this thing over here And then in a really strange way, I'm doing also this thing that has no connection and sometimes can even be contradictory. And that's the result of our sinful hearts. Jesus wants to break down those walls of division and give us one heart, a single heart, a heart that's pure, a heart that is pointed right toward him. But how does that happen? Well, friends, we can't heal ourselves. I can't see correctly on my own. I actually need something from the outside, some intervention from the outside that allows me to see things as they are. I can't heal my heart with its divisions with its contradictions, I actually need an intervention from the outside to heal my heart. My friends, that is precisely Christianity. That is precisely the incarnation. It's God himself, the second person of the Trinity, who takes on human flesh To bring sight to the blind and to give us a new heart. Jesus has to come. The healings of blind people in the scriptures are so beautiful because they almost always involve touch. Jesus has to touch the blind eyes that cannot see him. And then, imagine this. Imagine if you were blind. And someone healed you. And the first person you saw was the one who healed you. (laughs) Friends, that's our Lord for us tonight. We're all spiritually blind. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could allow him to touch our blindness and then the first person we see is him? And the Lord who gives us a new heart. And friends, the way the new heart is formed is only by encountering His heart. His most sacred heart is absolutely single hearted. He is absolutely single hearted, one in love, one in intention, everything poured out solely for you and for me. And that's who we get to receive in the Eucharist. Jesus, the one who heals our vision, the one who renews our hearts. So we come to him. We give our hearts to him. Wherever they're divided, wounded, broken, place your heart right on the altar. And then beg the Lord for a grace to have your eyes, the eyes of your soul, healed by him. He desperately wants to heal us so that we can see him and become fully alive so that we can love him with a a pure and a clean heart.